Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. And I want to continue with my subject on the glory of the other side. And this is part four. You need to have some understanding about life, about where you are going, about why you are a believer. And I keep emphasizing the fact that life does not end here. As you mean, you think that all you need to do is just to live your life, and when you die, it is finished, you are living in deception. There is more on the other side than what you are experiencing here. Because like I keep saying, 100 years is not enough as compared to eternity. Even if you live like Methuselah, it's not even enough as compared to eternity. And as a Christian believer, we don't subscribe to reincarnation, so we are not coming back. So you better live it now and get the benefit of the life you have lived now on the other side. That is why this subject to me is very crucial. Amen? We'll go again with our text from 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 19. That's the main text we've been dealing with. And it's very important. You really, really have to come to understand it. 1 Corinthians 15 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are for men most miserable. Hallelujah. Scripture is saying, if, if it is just a matter of, well, my salvation will guarantee all things for me in this life, and that is all that matters to you, Scripture says you are a miserable being. It means the benefit of your salvation cannot be fully, how do I put it, you can't get it all just being alive. There is more to your salvation. Having received salvation, the benefit of your even being born again and receiving salvation in Christ, there is more to it. Life. Praise the living God. He said, if it is just about this life alone, if it is just about what you can get in this life alone, you are a miserable man. Hallelujah. And I've been taking you through the journey to understand that when you drop this flesh, what happens? You pick up another body. Last week we did emphasize the fact that every seed must bring forward its own kind. Now, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Let me take a look at a few things here one more time this morning. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 41. Bible says there is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one star differed from another star in glory. Hallelujah. So also is the resurrection of the dead. But let me say something on, on verse 41. If stars differ from one another, it simply shows don't forget this. God spoke to Abraham and he said, I will make your children as the stars of the heaven. Isn't it? Good. But the Bible is saying, every star has its own glory. Now if we are all children of Abraham, it simply shows that we have an individual glory that we must emit in the heavens. Meaning, you are very unique about who God has made you to be. And your uniqueness must be expressed as a star. The Bible says you are the light of the world. Amen? Now lights are supposed to be objects that shine from the heavens. Just like the star. The star is a light. The moon is a light. Praise the Lord. But the Bible is saying there is one glory of the star and another glory of the moon. No stars are of the same power or grace. Let me put it that way. But the good thing is, you can shine in your own heaven. Do you understand? 
there is no way to indicate that one star will shine another star so that that star will not shine anymore. So don't tell me somebody is so big, is so rich, is so heavy in grace that you cannot shine in your own heaven. Every star has its glory. The problem is not the other star around you. The problem is you refusing to shine. Your failure has nothing to do with somebody who is already there. There were rich men on this hour before that were born and they also became rich. Are you see that? And even the richest man today may not be the richest man tomorrow. There are people being born today who see grow up and become rich men and richer than those who are already there now. You are a star, not that, in the heavens of God. And there is no one star that can shine your star and make it dim. You cannot be dimmed by another man's shining. Amen. Praise the living God. So verse 42, the Bible says, So also is the restoration of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Now I want you to understand this sequence. That which is sown in corruption is raised in what? In glory. In other words, the body that goes to the ground cannot be compared to the body that will come out of the ground. Remember last week we read that. God said in the book of Mark, chapter number 12, Jesus speaking and said, God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. He said, have you not read in the book? God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Because he said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So God is a God of the living. So God does not have dead people in the cemetery. Can I hear an amen to that? Meaning the day you drop your flesh, you're picking up another body. The flesh you're dropping cannot be compared to the one you pick up. But the kind of body you pick up has to do with the kind of seed in your life. That will determine the kind of starlight that you're going to bring forth. Are you getting that? Because every seed will bring forth what? Its own kind. So the kind of seed in your life will determine the kind of glorious body you're going to have on the other side. There is a need for you to understand what I'm dealing with in this series. For you to understand, let it be as a way of reminder. You know what? You have existed before you came here. Is that all right? See what God told Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Meaning, he has been existing before he was formed. Is that okay? Now, that tells you, when you come to this life, as you were better from your mother's womb into this physical world, you lost consciousness of who you were. Are you listening to me? Now, when you are born again by the Spirit, now understand this. When a woman gives birth, the child died to the previous life and became alive from this side. Her understanding or the child's understanding of the previous life is gone. He's now awoken to another life. So, there is a giving birth and a dying to one realm. Now, when God gives birth to you in the Spirit, you die to the world and become alive in the spirit. So now, by reason of your union with the spirit of the Lord, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, the Bible says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Now you can see and receive the things of your previous life again. That's the meaning of your new bed. Now you are developing one more time 
on this line. I'm going to make you see a scripture. Listen to me. The judgment we're talking about is directly connected to the kind of reward you will get when you drop the flesh. Are you there with me? Let me show you this. Moses was born in Egypt. How many of you remember that? And then he wrote five books. But most important was the book of creation, Genesis. Where was Moses when God was creating the world? Are you still there with me? If Moses can recount creation, then you must understand there was a connectivity and it's like a reminder of who he was or what he knew before he came here. You see, God asked Job the same question. Where were you when the sons of God gathered together? When they sang? When I laid the foundation of the world? Where were you? In other words, it's like you were playing prank. You were not listening. You were not seeing things when these things were going on. When the sons of God gathered together, when I was doing all this business, they were all around with me. You ought to have known what is going on, Job. That is why you don't take your new bed carelessly. You know what Jesus spoke to the apostles? He said, I'm going to pray the Father. I'm going to give you the Spirit. And he will bring to remembrance the things that I'm teaching you. Can you get that? So the Spirit made Moses to see how God created. So he grew up the book of Genesis. God intends to take you back to who you were. That basically is why you are a new creature. Do you understand this? So he said it is so, verse 14, 44, it is so in a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body, there is a natural body, and there is what? So I want you to understand that. There is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. The one we have now is a natural body. But we certainly are going to put on what? A spiritual body. The kind of body, thank you, Father, the kind of body that Adam had in the garden before the fall. The another body that was susceptible to sickness, to decay, to death. It was a body of light, of glory. Hallelujah. That's the kind of body God is intending us to put on. So the journey continues, people. It's not a matter of I'm born again, I can speak in tongues, I can get everything, and then when you drop the flesh, it is finished. It's not finished yet. The journey continues. Hallelujah. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. I said there is a natural body. And there is what? A spiritual body. And I tried to give you the example the other day. Listen. In the 50s, there was a brother called Brother Martins. I read in a book. This brother was moving just like moving in the Bible. In the 50s. Brother Martins. He could move from one location to the another. He could move from one city to another city without a vehicle. He was in a translating state in his work. And that was enviable. You can envy that. But yet, he died. Why? Because the fullness of time for that kind of life was not yet in place. But at least he demonstrated that you can live a life beyond the world you're living now. His name was Brother Martins. People could see him maybe in Lagos. The same day they could see him in Enugu without vehicle. Preaching and talking and doing things. He was moving in a dimension of the telepathic. He was above gravity. He was above the natural. That was a human being that lived. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is a natural body, there's a spiritual body. The only reason he died was simply because the fullness of time for such a life have not come. How many of you remember when I told you in the book of Matthew chapter 17 what Peter, James, and John saw coming out of Jesus? And they said, let us build here three tabernacles. What they were saying is, we want to experience this glory. 
Everything I'm talking to you about comes from within you. It's not from outside of you. Because the seed and the power that will translate you into this is already where on your inside. Listen to me. I want to say something this morning. You need to take it to heart. A true believer in Christ of the New Testament is not supposed to pray for healing. You can only believe for healing because it's already on your inside. It is wrong to say God healed this person in the true sense of it. Why? Because the healing is already where? On your inside. By his stripe, we were healed. You only need to believe into it. It is as you believe into it that you get it. Not asking for it. It's already given. There's a big difference between you asking for what should be coming and what is already what? Available. Healing is already available. We are not supposed to be praying for healing. We are supposed to be believing for what? For healing. Praise the living God. No, think about it this way. Some of you are a little bit confused. If I, if I give you a vehicle, what are you supposed to do with that? Pull the key and drive the car. Are you there with me? Now, will you still be coming back to me to ask me for the keys when I already give it to you? You just need to drive your car. It will be given to you. Experience your healing. Enjoy your healing. Because it's already made what? Available. You don't ask for it. It's wrong. But though, that is the way we've been praying. God heal me. No, 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 no. <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? Does that shake your belief? But is the only thing you really need to do is to believe for what is already what? Available. Then you experience it. Hmm? See, the Bible never in any way, if you really want to see, check the new scriptures, you always say, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe. It is always what? Believe. Hallelujah. I'm trying to make you understand that the seed that you sow now, that you can believe for within you, that you can grow, nourish, or dispense to you a spiritual body, a glorified spiritual body, a supernatural body on the other side. Now, turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 12. Let me show you something here. Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, and let's look at verse number 7. Talking about when a man dies. Look at what he said. As it was. And the spirit, are you there with me? Shall return to who? Unto God who gave. Can you get that? When a man dies, all the things you're doing there, putting the gasket, whatever, you're not doing that. The spirit is gone. And the Bible said the spirit returns to God. So if the word return must be properly understood, it means the spirit was on a journey. Does that make sense? Are you getting that? The spirit returned to God who gave it. It means the spirit was given. He was simply on a journey. He's returning to the source where he came from. So you are supposed to go back to God when you drop your flesh. Let me read one more scripture on that so that you can see what I mean. Go to Luke chapter 23. You're toiling with your faith. You're toiling with your belief. You're toiling with man. You need to be preparing for the life after. Luke 23, verse 46. This is Jesus on the cross. When he gave up the ghost, when he about to give up the ghost, look at what he said here. Are you there with me? 
Awake Jesus. Are you there with me, verse 46? Awake Jesus and cried with a loud voice. He said, Father, into thy hands I command what? My spirit. And having said thus, he did what? Did he say into the hand I commend my body? He didn't say into the hand I commend my soul. Into the hands I commend what? My spirit. In other words, I'm about to return. <laughs> and you know, in Second Corinthians chapter number seven, I'm sure, looking at verse one and two, the Bible says, if we have this hope. Let us cleanse ourselves. Right? In terms of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Your spirit can be contaminated. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? So Jesus said, Into the hand I command what? My spirit. Now, let me show you something. That will make you catch up what I'm looking at. Matthew chapter 10, very quickly. Jesus was speaking to his disciples who had been persecuted, and here is what he told them. Here is what he told them. Matthew 10, 28. Look at that. And fear not then, quit kill the body. Maybe I need to say that to you too. And you don't have any cause to be afraid of things you call witches and wizards and whatever demons. All of those things. Fear not them that kill the body. Amen? But are not able to kill the soul. But are fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body where? In hell. Now, if you look at this scripture, the spirit is not mentioned. Why? Because spirit cannot be destroyed. Is that alright? Spirit cannot be destroyed. So even if your physical body is dying, your spirit is still intact. That is why the first place where you're giving battle is where your spirit. Because it's of God. Now, just move on very quickly to Philippians 1. Let's look at 22, 23. Philippians chapter 1. Praise the living God. I'm trying to get you into the place of remembrance because you are a spirit being primarily living in a physical body. You relate to God in and by your spirit. And so you should be able to have the consciousness of who you are and where you are right now and where you're going to be after now. But don't forget that scripture. When a man dies, when he drops the flesh, the flesh goes to the dust, but the spirit does what? Return! Hallelujah. You see the prodigal son, the Bible said when he came to his mind, he said, I must return! That is a going back. And we are going to go back to God. Question. How prepared are you to get back to God? Hallelujah. Are you there in Philippians 1? Look at 22. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I should choose, I will not. For I am a straight, I'm in a straight between two. Having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Listen. Desire to depart and to be. No intermediary. No holding on. No staying somewhere first. No hanging over. Come on, is anybody understanding me? You'll depart, you'll join. A desire... <laughs> To depart and be with is instant. So all of this theory of people being in the cemetery, I can find down the scriptures. Paul said, I'm just having this confusion. It's a glorious thing for me to drop this flesh and be with him. Because when I get to be with him, all of this suffering is over. But it's for your own advantage that I'm still hanging on. Because I'm teaching you some things. So it's not for my beauty. I mean, it's not for my joy. It's not for my benefit. It's for your benefit. The confusion Paul was having now is, should I leave this brethren and be with the Lord? 
I think I begin to see what Paul, I mean, Jesus said here. I see Paul had the same power, and I believe he did. Look at what he said. Jesus said, I have power to lay down my life and to take it. He says, such have God given unto me. Is that all right? By my father. Paul is saying here, I'm just confused right now. I don't know what to decide. So it's like, if I want to go, I can. If I want to stay, I can. Man, you have a choice for your life. If you want to die, fine, you can. But if you want to leave, then you can leave. Amen? The choice is yours. Paul said, I'm just confused now. I don't know what to do. Because it's like saying, I'm seeing the glory on the other side. I know what it is to move on the other side. But should I leave you now and just go and enjoy that state? But because of the love you have of the brethren, he feels he has to stay behind. Praise the living God. Are you getting this? Look at another scripture again. 2 Corinthians 5. You drop the flesh, you have to be with the Lord. There is no waiting anywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. That is why you have to get yourself ready. You have to be prepared. You know, people often say that. Amos even said, so prepare to meet with your God. And we use that for evangelism and all of that kind of stuff. Fine, there's nothing wrong with that. But I wish we can make people understand basically what it means to meet with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, look at verse 6. Hallelujah. Paul still writing saying, Therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, uh, we are absent from the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Have you read that before in your Bible? It never had made meaning to you, but today it's going to bring out a clearer meaning for your understanding. Why we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. You know what that means? It's like, if we continue to remain here, we are like you are in exile. To be at home is like you have come to a place of rest. Are you still there with me? But while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Remember what I said to Philippians. I'm desiring to get out of this body and to be with the Lord. Okay? Verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The word absent from the Greek means to emigrate, to vacate, to quit. We are desiring to vacate this body. Hallelujah. To be absent is our desire to get out of this body and to be with the Lord. The word present also means to be in one's own country. That is home. It's a desire to vacate this body, to be at home. So what is to be at home? To be with the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the question is, how prepared are you? Now, can you really speak like Paul is speaking? Have we come to that place where we can really speak the way Paul is speaking? I know if I drop the flesh, I'm going to be with the Lord. Can we, can we come to that place of saying do we have that conviction? Do we have that confidence within our spirit? That if we drop the flesh now, we can be with the Lord. Do we even know we are supposed to be with the Lord? All that you think about, all that you know is when you die, you're going to be in the cemetery until one trumpet sound. And that is why it's so unfortunate that some of you do not have time to come to Bible studies. You can't be able to catch some of these things. We've been explaining what trumpet stands for for the past two weeks. Hallelujah. Are you still there? You should have this confidence like Paul is having because you are a believer. Amen? Tell me right. You are not going to drop the flesh and be floating about. You are not going to drop the flesh. Remember what we're dealing with? You have to receive a glorified body. Amen? Your real home is the glorified body with the Lord. 
You are not going to move out and be floating like a spirit inhabiting people. You are still going to receive a physical body, but a body of glory. Praise the living God. So Paul is saying here, it's a desire to be absent and to be what? Present. There is no middle ground. There is no waiting ground. Man, can I say something? Go to the cemetery. You're not going to find anybody there. Hallelujah. Everyone that dropped the flesh takes up another body. Because the spirit is returning back unto who? Unto God who gave it. But the spirit is not going to be floating like, how do I put it? Like a parasite, you know, just coming to your body and stuff like that. The spirit receives the body. How many of you remember? Jesus said, into the hand I commend my spirit. But yet for 40 days he was upon the face of the earth. Does that make sense? Come on, are you there with me? For 40 days after resurrection, he was still walking the earth. He was still moving. He was still talking to people. He was still preaching the gospel of the kingdom. His spirit received another body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. That's what I'm telling you. And from the beginning of this series, I've made you to understand, <laughs> if you don't believe that, you check out where it came from. Where did they come from? Elijah and Moses. They were already dead, as it were, before Jesus came. Isn't it? But the Bible made us to understand in Matthew 17 that Elijah and Moses were standing and talking to who? To Jesus. That's what I'm telling you. You can break forth from the other realm of spirit and talk to people. Let me tell you this. There is a whole world there existing that you can't see because you are in a natural body. But they can see you. If you think what I'm saying is not true, go and ask Abraham and Sarah. Hmm? How many of you remember that Abraham and Sarah were just, Abraham in particular was sitting down under the tree when three men walked down. Where did they come from? What's their name? Have you read that in your Bible? When they came to announce the birth of Isaac. Isn't it? Three men walked down. Where did they come from? From the spirit dimension. They went spiritual bodies. But you can handle them. In fact, Abraham gave them food. Hello. That's what I'm talking about. So if Jesus cannot explain that to you, the three men that visit Abraham will definitely explain that to you. They ate. They talked with them. They shared fellowship with them. They gave them a word about the birth of Isaac. Where did they come from? Which country where they come from? Were they from Sodom? They broke forth from the spirit dimension. I'm telling you, as you're sitting here, there are saints right around here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have been sharing fellowship. Now, those who are interested in what I'm talking about, they are right here looking at you. You are just looking like you can't see them, but they are seeing you. That is a war we live in. Hallelujah. That's why the book of Hebrews, he said, be mindful to entertain strangers because in so doing, men have entertained angels. And that is why some of you are stingy. Sorry, you miss opportunities in life. Because it was the entertainment that Abraham gave to those angels all resulted to Isaac being given battle. He never knew where they were, but he had to entertain them because they were strangers. Some of you, nothing gets out of your pockets. It's me and my life. <laughs> May God help us. Amen. <laughs> Even if you see your brother or your sister perishing and dying, no, 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 it's just me and myself, me and my family, me and my life. God will help us. So here the Bible is telling us, I want to be absent and to be what? To be present. No waiting ground. My question is, how fast will you go? Will you be able to catch up when you drop the flesh? Because like I'm saying, God can make it possible that you break forth into immortality while you're still in the physical dimension. I'm not against that. I believe that. But I zoom in. You drop the flesh. Will you be with the Lord? 
Let me give you an example. If you have a child and what people call Christmas season, always giving birth to one baby every year, okay? I'm not against that. But in the course of that, and uh, you just saw something very white, beautiful, glistering for your child. And uh, your child went out in the course of celebration. Maybe he was eating with some friends and messed up this white stuff of hers or his. And here's the child coming back home. What's going to be your natural response? You're going to be angry with the child for messing up this white sparkling dress that you saw. Am I right? The next thing is, what's wrong with you? Go and clean up. Listen, he's still your child, but he has to clean up. Did you get that? Come on, did you get that? Oh, somebody needs to understand something here. <laughs> Praise the living God. I don't want to take you deep, but then, remember, the Bible talks about the lake of fire, which is a second death. Have you read that book of Revelation? Question, which one is false death? Hmm? If we die with him, we shall be raised together with him. False death is your belief in Christ. You died in Adam, now you died in Christ. For you are dead in Christ. Colossians 3, you are dead in Christ and your life is hid with Christ in God. Are you there with me? False death. When you don't believe that, you're going to face second death, which is called the lake of fire. What is it supposed to do? The blood of Jesus cleans your life. So what will lake of fire do? Cleans you out. Why? Because the spirit must return to God. That may be hard for you. Hallelujah. So when man drops the flood, the spirit returns back to God. Why? Because spirit cannot be destroyed. But the spirit can be contaminated. So what's the next thing? It's got to be cleansed. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Now, will you want to make that as your choice? That is why we mean receive the blood of Jesus. Because the Bible said the blood of Jesus cleans us from what? All unrighteousness. That's all. So that when you drop the flesh, what happens? You go back to him who gave you the spirit. So you're on a journey. And the flesh you carry now contaminates your spirit. The life around you contaminates your spirit. How is that happening? The things you see, your TV programs, stupid things you watch, things you hear, they are all feeding your spirit man. Faith comes by hearing. Destruction also comes by hearing and seeing. So mind what you see and mind what you hear. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. Look at verse 9 of what we were reading. Verse 9. Are you still there? Second Corinthians, we're dealing with chapter 5, verse 9 now. Let me look at verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be what? Acceptable of him. That's a good thing. We may be what? Acceptable of him. We may be received. Our labor is to say, even if we are right alive here, may we have acceptance before the Lord. Even if we drop the flesh, may we also be what? Accepted. That is the basis of your labor. <laughs> because when the flesh, when you drop the flesh, the spirit goes back to God will give it. So the question is, with, like Jesus said, into the hand I do what? I command my spirit. So God has to accept his spirit. Are you getting that? Good. So now, scripturally say here, we labor so that even while we are alive as believers, we have acceptance. If we drop the flesh, we have acceptance. That's the basis of your labor. The basis of all this. And so when people tell you, no God, believe God, you think it has to do because maybe you come to church, you're going to give offering or something. Come on, man. <laughs> you're just preparing yourself for acceptance. Everything you are doing. Your obedience to the world, your faithfulness in doing things before God. You are preparing yourself for what? For acceptance. Hallelujah. Let me see. Time is running. Look at the next thing. Verse number 10. Look at that. 
For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. Period. <laughs> Did you get that? Let me read it. The thing done in his what? In his body. So you are using this body to sow the kind of seed that you finally have best on the other side. Let me read from the message. But neither exile, verse 9, nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing. And that's what we aim to do. Regardless of our condition, verse 10. Sooner or later, we have to face God. Regardless of our condition, we appear before Christ. And that's what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. Please, if you don't want to take anything home today, or if you can't remember anything today, remember this verse. Your actions, whether good or bad, determine the result you get on the other side. So your actions today are seeds you are sowing that you harvest on the other side. Are you getting that? God cannot judge you for the sins of Adam, but God will judge you for the things you do. Are you sitting there with me? Does that send any message to your life? Whether good or bad, your is the reward. Now, if it is on the bad side, remember already in Galatians, God is not mocked. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I've been sounding that for the past three weeks. So if the things you are doing are bad, be ready to reap a body of corruption, if I may use the word. It cannot be a body of glory in that sense. It will be a body, but it can't be a body of glory. But I want to push too deep on that. But the fact is, there has to be a body that must pass through what you call the lake of fire. That's not a body of glory. Are you getting that? So when you use your action to contaminate your spirit, you receive also a body that fits into the lake of fire. And you are doing good, you receive a glorified body, you are with the Lord. You can become a messenger. Breaking forth from the spirit, giving communication to people, teaching other people the things of God. You can do that. And I'll tell you how much you need to know. Because think about it this way. If God were to send a people to go and instruct other people on the way of righteousness, he can send you if you know nothing. So when somebody asks you to read your Bible, you'll be playing prank with it. You spend time on TV, spend time on other things outside of the knowledge of the word of God that you would deposit in your spirit man to cause your spirit man to grow so that you can become an instructor. Bible tells us precisely that the messenger that delivered the message unto John on the island of Patmos was a prophet. Elijah, Moses, have to appear to Moses because of the things they wrote, the things they know. That's qualified to be messengers. When you drop the flesh, what will you be doing? Everything determines, is determined by what you feed your mind with. Are you still there with me? So be playing games. <laughs> be joking. Be listening to all funny stories. Spend your time. Don't read the Bible. Don't study the world. Don't feed yourself. Listen. In those days when schools were not up to this level, when we were in the secondary school, we find that those who just finished from the secondary school who did well were asked to come and begin to teach us again. They were called auxiliary teachers. Some of you didn't experience that. The highest people we had that were teaching us were those who had HSC before it was phased out. Are you there with me? But the point I'm raising is this. The same people you were in the same school with, this wearing the same uniform, end up becoming the person you are going to say salto because they pass exams. Do you understand that? May your own church members not be your instructors tomorrow in the spirit. 
<laughs> that is the meaning of what I'm trying to say. Those who qualify, we end up becoming what? Your instructors. That is why you should be challenged to study the word. I was telling my wife, I had a program I attended over the weekend. There's a need for you to develop capacity for anything you are doing. And here was this bishop speaking about David Oedipo, who stays in the office till 2 a.m. He closed office 2 a.m. and come by by 5 a.m. And I was wondering, what role am I playing as a pastor when that is a human being just like me? And the brother that came yesterday already said it. Say, which most sleep is poverty. And it's true. Praise the living God. When you spend all your life sleeping, don't read the book, don't read the Bible, spend time playing games. Your own fellow Christian brothers will end up becoming what? Your instructors. And you'll be answering yes in the spirit. You have no option. Because when that person comes, it's, it's an interval of about six months. It's not even to six months. Once they finish writing their work, they just mass the paper, and the result is same. They become teachers. The person you were yesterday playing with, as senior, you cannot use the word senior anymore. It's now, yes, sir. May your people, people you now, not become your masters in the spirit will be the green reason for that. Because when you don't know, God can use you to do those things. Some of you are not receptive to the spirit. You have fed your spirit with all manner of things. No room anymore to even hear the voice of God. Your dreams are haywire. You can't complete them. Wake up every morning more confused. You went to sleep. How can that be? The multitude of your heart is affirming. They are not of God. That's why there's so much confusion. Read the word. The scriptures. Know what? What approved unto God. There's an approver. Things you know. Don't crazy around because listen to me. What advantage you do in this body? Shall be well rewarded. Hallelujah. I was thinking, preach about prosperity. I can make money. Ah, you don't need to be thinking about how to make more money because you see, as you receive, God is going to grant you wisdom. You only need to talk to your father. But be a son. Child that God can use. Listen, there is something that struck me some years back. Nehemiah wanted to build a temple. Amen. He had no money, as it were, because he was in slavery. But he was a cupbearer before the king. As he appeared before the king, the king said, Why is your countenance dropping? What is the problem? Said Jerusalem. That the only reason? Say, No, you can't serve me with this heavy countenance. The king made provision. All right? Even if you be a servant of God, you will see your countenance. And everything you need, you will do what? You will provide. Be a servant first. I'm going to teach you servanthood for another one month so that you can understand what it means to serve God. You have to be a born slave. And when you want to be a born slave, it has to be voluntary. Conscription. Somebody make you a slave. You have to willingly become a slave of Jesus. Only then can you benefit stable. Let me take one more scripture and we'll close for this morning. Second Timothy 4. What you're going to get is directly connected to not only what you know, but your actions. <laughs> Everything you do, whether good or bad, rewarded. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. Second Timothy 4. Are you there? Verse 6. 
For I'm now ready off at, and the time of my departure is at hand. For God, somebody. Now, this is a human being talking. You know what he's saying? I'm about to die. You know why this is important to me? It tells me you don't have to die without knowing where you want to die. I mean, it, 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 is, it is painful, it is embarrassing that Christians should be dying in an accident. What are you talking about? I said I'm about which means he knew when he was going to die. This story we get. People lie down and say they didn't wake up. What happened? Say, just sleeping up. But I remember one of the persons that I didn't meet physically in I was going on his program. I was a small boy in school in those days, called Adam in society. That was a man I loved when I was young. He used to play this thing with all through the night in crusade ground. I used to enjoy that. One good thing about it, the day he was to die, story is still there. Came back, dressed up, ate food, went to his bed, and the next thing, we were all over the place. People were hearing music. The talk crusade was going on. Angels were ministering the community. And the man was passing on. Like a welcome ceremony. That's the best way to die. That's a human being who lived in detestity. I'm not talking of America. If you must die, how would you die? I was in the house. Picture frame just fell and hit his head and he just died. Rubbish. No knowledge. I was just, I was just opening my engine. They just opened the engine and they walked to me and they just died. Paul said, I am about to be offered. He knew. If man that have really walked with God, you know what's coming next. If you're not challenged, I am challenged. Don't die like a chicken on the road. Don't die like a miserable dog. See, vehicle just crushed the road. That's how he crushes. We're just crossing the road, and vehicle just came and crushed him. Are you a dog? You can't die. This is why it's a challenge to know who you are in God, to know what God is saying, and to know where you are supposed to be. Paul said, I'm about to be offered. I know it. Remember before they are saying, ah, which way to go? Ah, he said, Tim, I'm about to be offered. Peter said the same thing. He said, let's I put it of the thing that the Lord told me. Because I'm about to rob this flesh. Peter knew when he wanted to go. Will you know when you are about to die? So, if example from the Bible, I'm just giving you one. Ate and dressed up and slept. Gone are the days when fathers would call their children and tell them, I'm about to go. I have that farmland there. Up on there. Gone are those days. Turn where they travel. If it doesn't mean anything to you, I pray it challenges your spirits. Praise the living God. Look at me. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept Hallelujah. I finished my course. You know what that means? It means the assignment God gave to me in life, I finished it. May you die before you finish your course. Everybody came here for a reason and a purpose. You accomplish your purpose, I refuse death for you in the name of Jesus Christ. I finished. I have the faith. Now I can go. That should be a testimony of a believer. What do you 
think we have to do. Finally, I'm decreeing this morning, until you finish, you will go in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Listen, it means the course you are pursuing determines how long you're going to stay. Because no power can destroy Paul because the course to accomplish for God. Remember, they stoned him, they whipped him, he couldn't die. Why? Because it's not yet what? Finished. I pray you discover your own cause. I pray you discover why you are here. I pray you find why you are existing. And as you in it, no death can take you. Hallelujah. Now, this is the good part of it, verse number 8. Henceforth, there is laid up for me what? A crown of righteousness. Who is the Lord? The right Righteousness. What that's supposed to mean? What he's saying is this. You know what he's comparing here? Kind of righteousness, both that which is in you and that which comes to you as a reward. You know why? The comparison to, for instance, if you go to First Corinthians, you are going to read that. First Corinthians 9, verse 25. It talks about the crown that he was supposed to receive. It was a comparison of what happened to the Greeks. And the Greeks um, Games in those days, when you win, maybe you come out of first prize. They, they give you a medal, first prize, silver, gold, whatever. Is that okay? Greeks, it was leaf leaves. They will twine it together and put it on your. That means you took first. He's saying those fade, but the one God is giving to me does not fade. That's what. The glory you receive. The other five have not The honor you will ever get dropping the flesh does not diminish. Do you understand? And it's called what? A crown of righteousness. So that's what I'm trying to understand. There is no incorruptibility. What Paul is saying here, the everything you see in the natural is what? Corruptible. But I'm going for Corruptible. Question. What is your pursuit? Corruptible things or corruptible things? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is your pursuit? What are you doing? See, don't forget what Paul said. I finished my course. Amen. I fought a good fight of faith and I kept the faith. I want to see ask you. Do you keep the faith not in the book? Well, <laughs> on the school this morning, how many of you, I was just looking, it's like as you weep in my spirit. Some of you don't even read this thing, just don't know the things you're supposed to know. You don't even read them. You can give simple answer that tells you that you're not even opening the book when you leave. <laughs> so the question is, who do you think you're fooling? Me? Have to help all of us. The more we know God, the more His life is taught in our spirit, and the more assurance we have about the flesh. If you will forget anything today, don't forget this one thing: when a man drops the flesh, the spirit goes back to God. Who question? Are you sure you get back to? Is the excess? Of this message. Will you be able to get back to him? Have you paid the price? Have you been able to come to that place? Where you can say. If I drop the flesh. I know I will be with the Lord. Have you come to the solution? Have you settled that in your spirit? It's not about being a man pleaser. It's not about satisfying a system. It's not about pleasing somebody. But knowing that when I drop the flesh. I am going to be with the Lord. Do you have that assurance? For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-481869.
or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.